0: Okay, praise the Lord. Well, uh, let's look at um, at prayer at prayer this morning, and um, I just want to call it—you know—just uh, pray it'll happen, uh, because we can just build all kind of uh, of uh, <clears throat> walls around our own life, saying, "Well, you know, it's just not going to happen," and and God never does anything for me, and uh, and anyway, when a person starts doing that, that that lets you know that uh, they're not spending any time reading their Bible. So let's go look at some cases here in the Scriptures. And of course, they're in the Scriptures to help us out. I want us to go to 1 Chronicles here in uh, chapter 4. And uh, look down here at uh, verse... uh, We're going to get down here to verse 10. And uh, let me read this in the King James for just a moment. And then we'll switch it right back over to the Living Bible. Anyway, uh, this is 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And uh, if you'll notice, this is a big long list. Starting in verse 1, the sons of Judah, Perez, Hezron, Karmiher, and Shobal, and Reah the son of Shobal begot Jathat. Jathat begot Alumah, Alud, Lodad, whatever. And the families of the Thor- the Zorathites, this was the father of Edom, Jezreel, Ishma, Ishbeth. Richard, what are you doing? Well, it's a list, isn't it? And listen, it keeps on going and keeps on going. Verse 5 says this guy had two wives, Hela and Nara. Well, who cares? Well, There's a reason. Don't overlook this. So you're going down to verse 6 here. The list goes on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, look at verse 9. And uh, Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called him Jabez because I bear him with sorrow. And then verse 10, and Jabez called on the God of Israel. Now, I want to also insert in here that you do not hear about Jabez anymore. There's no stories about this man. I mean, you don't hear anything about this guy anymore. But you're going to hear two verses here. One about his mother, why she named him. Nothing unusual about that. You know, there's sorrow and childbearing. I mean, it's, it's pain, whatever. And it says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, O oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Let's read the next verse. Must be more about Jabez. No, and Shulub, the brother of Shusheth, begat Merah, which was the father of Eshton. Eshton begat Bethrah. And then on and on we go with all this genealogy. So, wouldn't it make sense that we pay attention to 1 Chronicles 4 and verse 10 because there's something here That can help us today. Well, of course. Now, I want to give you another bigger picture, too. These things about the genealogies are so. I mean, people can attack the Bible left and right. You can have thoughts thinking, well, I just don't know. Let me tell you something. You go back and you start reading the genealogies and realizing, where did all this come from? Somebody went to a lot of trouble to write a a fictional book that was not true if these things are a bunch of lies. Well, they're not a bunch of lies. They're not whatsoever of that But now back to this. Jabez called on the God of Israel. So I wonder if I can do that. Well, will you? We can do the same thing. Matter of fact, it tells us what he said. And matter of fact, it's something that I could say too. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that your hand would be with me. Do we ever pray, Lord, be with me? Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what we did. And that you would, look at this, keep me from evil Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but what? Deliver us from evil. Wow. Notice this. That it might not grieve me. I mean, sometimes we get so educated, we think that bad times are good for us, you know, and maybe we need plenty of bad times to make us a better person. Well, this guy here just said, "So that it won't hurt me," you know. You do not need pain to become a better person. You don't. Matter of fact, if that was the case, uh, I'm sure the author of the Bible right here—we'll just call him God—God God would have stricken that from the record right here. We don't need that because you know, we need a little pain? No, we don't. And God granted him that which he requested. Now, let's put put this in the in the Living Bible a second and see what we see. This is verse ten. Just make sure we're not uh, we're not missing something here. Well, watch it. Even gets even better. Praise the Lord. Put it in some words that uh, we're used to. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that thou that thou would wonderfully bless me. That's so selfish. No, it's not. It's just the facts. God wants to bless you and I. You can't look at creation or the stars at night and not realize that God wants to bless you. Why would we have so much beauty when you look outside? Oh, that you would bless me and help me in my work. Please uh, be with me in all that I do and keep me from all evil. And look at that disaster. Boy, we had a very tough time here two years ago. It didn't matter where you were in the state of Alabama. It looked like tornadoes were going to get us all. Of course, as I know, you all were praying. I was praying, praise the Lord. We were delivered, praise God. But you can begin to worry about earthquakes and whatever. But notice this, and God granted him his request. Well, you can read it for yourself. Uh, If you keep looking at this all the way, chapters five and six, it keeps going. Well, matter of fact, uh, this book is called Chronicles. It was a record. They were keeping records. Just out of the blue, this is what we see right here wonder what that means for us today. Well, we're going to take time to remember it. We're going to use it, praise the Lord. It will work for you, praise the Lord. You know, the key ingredients there, are like I say, before we go, is God and you. All you need is God, and all you need is you. But now you can have God and be silent and never ask. Now, remember, this scripture didn't say, well, he never did ask. God just did it anyway. No, that's not the case. Let's go to the book of Luke here. And this time I want to go to Luke chapter 11. And in Luke 11, oh, let me go back to the King James just a moment. Oh, <clears throat> uh, Luke chapter 11, is a title here on this, on this chapter here in many Bibles that says Christ teaches us how to pray. Okay, well, let's just see what happens here. It came to pass that he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Now, okay, this is the question, teach us to pray. All right, so we're going to get an answer. So this must be Jesus' teaching on prayer. Well, as you can see, the first thing he told them was the Lord's prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay, I've already quoted that. I like the phrase there at the end, but deliver us from evil. I mean, quit thinking that when things happen to you, it's the will of God. Go back to the book of Psalms. David never put up with any disaster that came his way. He said, God, get me out. Praise the Lord. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, Psalm 34 says. But out of them all the Lord delivers us. He'll get you out. Psalm 91, I don't care what your problem is, God will get you out. Okay, so after the Lord's Prayer, he goes right into verse 5 and he says... Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves. Now, let's go ahead and get this in the uh, living Bible here. Because it's a story, but it's going to help us here. <clears throat> uh, teaching them more about prayer, he used this illustration. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. Well, think about it. You need the bread, but guess what? It's midnight. <laughs> Jesus is implying here your answer's going to be no. Okay. And that's what a lot of times we think. Why bother to ask God for this? You know, I mean, why am I so special? Why would he do it for me? We just talk ourselves out of it. It's going to be no. You could be working on something big or something small. Guess what this is? Just just it's already midnight. Go to bed. Your hunger will be gone in the morning. You know, just just don't mess with it. No. You should mess with it. Verse 6, you would shout up to him a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing to give him. He would call down from his bedroom and say, please don't ask me to get up. The door is locked for the night and we're all in bed. I just can't help you this time. So there you go, you have it. He's like, the answer is obviously no. The guy could walk away, couldn't he? He could just say, well, all right, all right. I've, you know, I should have got here earlier. You got all kinds of excuses why we don't want to continue to think that God would do something for us. We talk ourselves out of it. We show up ready to pray and then maybe because somebody says, well, you know, God doesn't do miracles today or whatever, we just talk ourselves out of it. No, let's don't do that. You and I have been reading our Bibles and we read this story. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And then Jesus tells this story. So what do we do? Verse 8, but I tell you this, though he won't do it as his friend. Now that's so important. Jesus is trying to give us An indication here that your prayer will happen if you just ask. And don't give up. says he won't do it as his friend. Hmm. If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you everything you want. Just because of your persistence. Now Jesus, you're confusing me here now. This is supposed to be teaching me about prayer. Are are you sure about this? Would we ever tell Jesus that? Are you sure about this? Hmm, verse 9, so it is with prayer. Keep on asking, and you'll keep on getting. Keep on looking, and you'll keep on finding. Knock, and the door will be opened, and I love that next word. It's also written in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, This same story. Everyone who asks, why is it that when you, you get down to pray, you think you're the only one that's not going to get it? You should smell that as a rat. You should think like Jabez, Lord, increase, enlarge my coast. Bless me that your hand to be with me and that I'll be free from pain. Everyone who asks receives all who seek find and the door is open to everyone who knocks. And then he starts saying, you know, you men who are fathers, if your boy asks for bread, do you give him a stone? In other words, switch it. Well, you know, really, I need to teach you a lesson. I want you to mow the grass instead of me giving you something to eat. What? No way. If he asked fish for fish, would you give him a snake? If he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? Three times we have here, changing the request. A lot of times we say, well, don't ask God for anything. He'll send you through a trial. Oh, isn't that wonderful that you and I believe that? That keeps us from doing what? It'll keep me out of the prayer room. I'm not asking God for his help. Not if that's the way he is. But see, that's not the way he is. Verse 13, and even if sinful persons like yourselves give children what they need, don't you realize that your Heavenly Father will do at least as much and give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? Praise the Lord. Look at the 18th chapter. He doesn't quit. It's the same story. I mean, along the same lines. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show that they must keep praying until the answer comes. There was a city judge and said, a very godless man uh, uh, who had great contempt for everyone. In other words, he's trying to build a picture of the judge being God here. But obviously our God's not that way. A widow of that city came to him frequently to appeal for justice against a man who had harmed her. The judge ignored her for a while, but eventually she got on his nerves. (laughs) I fear neither God nor man, he said to himself. Now Jesus is going to quickly remind us that our God doesn't do that. Our God loves us. Remember, the Scripture says that we are worth more than many sparrows, okay? But this woman bothers me, and I'm going to see that she gets justice. For she's wearing me out for her constant coming. And the Lord said, if even an evil judge can be worn down like that, well then that means our God, who's not evil, that's where he's going with this. Don't you think that God will surely give justice to his people who plead with him day and night? Look at eight. Yes, he will answer them quickly. But the question is, oh, and this makes so much sense. When I, the Messiah, return, how many will I find who have faith and are praying? Now, you're not just saying, well, I'm, I'm praying. I'm a praying person. No. It's praying and believing. Will you believe? Will you, do you really believe that Jesus will help you? Praise the Lord. Will he grant you your request? Well, yes. Mark chapter 11. Look down here at verse uh, 24. Look at that. Listen to me. Exclamation point. You can pray for anything. And if you believe you have it, it's yours. Boy, now there's a trick right there. If you believe you have it. Well, I don't know if God wants to give it to me. (laughs) You're messing up already. You need to be like Jabez. Go right after it is, that the thing that you want from the Lord. Like I say, our own unbelief throws us right out. Uh, let's look over at the book of James just a moment here. James chapter 1. What's so wonderful about the Bible is, is that the Bible won't talk you out of the Lord blessing you. It'll talk you into the Lord blessing you. Oh, uh, Switch over here to the King James just a moment. James chapter 1 here, and uh, here we go. Look at verse 6. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. See the word anything here? A double-minded, is un- a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You've got to ask in faith. A lot of people think, well, I do have faith. I believe there's a God. <laughs> you got to do better than that. It's not just believing that there's a God. James also goes on to say that even the devils believe and tremble. It's not, it's, having faith that there's a God is not enough. You've got to believe that the Lord will help you. Uh, the book of Psalms here, <clears throat> look over here at uh, Psalm, uh, whoops, I passed it here. Psalm 37. He says, fret not yourself because of evildoers against the workers of iniquity. <clears throat> all these problems that could, could arise, no matter what they are. Uh, look at verse 3. Trust in the Lord instead, be kind and good to others, and you'll live safely here in the land and prosper, feeding in safety. I, 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 I don't know where we get the idea that we should scare ourselves wondering if tomorrow I may die. <laughs> That's not the story of the Scriptures. Psalm 91 with long life. The first commandment with promise, well, I guess it's a lie. Our youngest here is Dustin. So it's a lie that he should honor his father and mother, that it would be well with him, and live long on the earth. Because you never know. Dustin may draw his last breath tomorrow. You never know. That's ridiculous. God wants you to live long. He wants you to be safe. Verse 4, be delighted in the Lord, with the Lord, and he'll give you all your heart's desires. Sometimes just goes right over our head. Nah, he won't do that. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Oh, look at, oh, they're just everywhere. But anyway, look, look, look at uh, Psalm 20. Look at this. Can this be true? Oh, we know it's true. In your day of trouble, may the Lord be with you. May the God of Jacob keep you from all harm. May he send you aid from his sanctuary in Zion. May he remember the pleasure, the gifts you have given him. With pleasure, the gifts you've given him and your sacrifices and burnt offerings. May he grant you... Well, I can't say that. Yes, you can. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. Wow. May there be shouts of joy when we hear the news of your victory. Flags flying with praise to God for all that he has done for you. May he answer all your prayers. Now, this is a psalm of David, but of course he gave it to everybody. It wasn't like, well, this is private. No, it belongs to you as well. And he says, save the king. I know he does. Now, David, how do you know he's going to save you? Well, history will tell us if you go look, and of course the best accounts are written in the scriptures here. David lived to be a very old king. I know he does. He hears me from his highest heaven and sends great, victories some nations boast of armies and weaponry but our boast is in our lord is in the lord our god those nations will collapse and perish but we will rise and stand firm for sure king james here says some trust in chariots and some in horses but we will remember the name of the lord our god wow look at that phrase here in the king james here the lord fulfill all thy petitions Grant thee according to thine own heart. Fulfill all thy counsel. Praise the Lord. You reckon God will do that for us? Yes, he'll do it for you. He sure will. Praise God. Oh, uh, Let's go to uh, the book of John here just a moment. John's Gospel, chapter, uh, chapter 1. And... Uh, <clears throat> You get down here to kind of close your eyes. If it scrolls, it bothers you a little bit and bothers me too. Here we go. Oh. Start at verse 45. Philip finds Nathanael and says to him, We found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, saying to Philip, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? In other words, there's no way this Jesus character can be the Messiah. You know, no way. Verse 47. Well, Philip said, well, you've got to come and see. Now, this is so important. I mean, Philip wouldn't have had a prayer uh, trying to tell somebody about Jesus if Jesus is so elusive like, well, don't tell people that I do things. Shh. I may not. That's what we are in America today. We're embarrassed for Jesus because Jesus won't do anything but we're all supposed to still love him. In other words, we owe God our love, but he won't do anything for us. Boy, that is so ridiculous. You can read in the Old Testament, God would argue with the Israelites when they would get off into idolatry. He said, well, why don't you just bow down and worship that piece of wood? You know, that piece of wood can't heal you. That piece of wood can't save you from that enemy that's coming. You know, it's just a piece of wood. He said, why don't you call on me? I can help you. Well, we don't think God will do anything. Well, boy, God sure wasted a lot of arguments in the Old Testament telling them, if you'll just serve me, I'll protect you. Praise the Lord. We got it today. Well, you never know if God wants to protect you or not. Well, why did Nathanael tell Philip, you need to come see this? Jesus saw Nathanael coming and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no God. Let me switch this to the Living Bible because some of these words are like we do not use these today like that. So let's go get these in the Living Bible. Verse 48. Okay, Uh, notice this. As they approached, Jesus said, here comes an honest man, a true son of Israel. Well, Nathanael says, how do you know who I'm like? Nathanael demanded. And Jesus replied, now look at this. Now, if you don't think Jesus knows the number of the hairs on your head, and he doesn't care about you, then why did he say this? I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Nathaniel replied, Sir, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Something must have been happening in Nathaniel's heart that only he knew. And when Jesus said, I saw you under that fig tree, it got it. Now watch what Jesus says next. Jesus asked him, Do you believe just because I told you? Oh, I had seen you under the fig tree. Look what he says. You will see. Greater proofs than this, you will see. Wow, we just can pick and choose when we try to tell other people about Jesus because he's doing things for us constantly. You will even see heaven opened and the angels of God coming back and forth to me, the Messiah. Praise God. You know, if we'll just but ask, the Lord will do it. The book of Matthew here, Jesus spends a lot of time here in the sixth chapter Oh. talking about how God will answer your prayers. Notice this. Uh, Start at verse uh, verse 4. And your Father who knows all secrets will reward you. Reward me? Yeah. And now about prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who pretend piety by praying publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I remember telling some person one time, I was talking to them, and they go, Well, I pray. And I thought, yeah, I know you pray. That kind of attitude. I mean, they they were like, when I was telling them they need to pray about something, they were like, well, I pray. (laughs) I knew immediately they don't pray and receive. They have it. It's all up to God whether God does it or not. Well, it's all up to somebody else. Because if it were up to God, God would get it for them. And you would remember that it's your own unbelief that's stopping things. It's not God. He says, now about prayer, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who pretend piety by praying publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Truly, that is all the reward they will ever get. You know, I want other people to see me pray. Well, I've learned I don't care if anybody sees me or not. I need help. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Verse six. But when you go, go away by yourself all alone. Now, this is tricky right here because a lot of people we were a lot of times we were taught. I was, you know. You just sort of pick up on these things. Let's have prayer together. And, and you're holding hands with somebody and you're praying, Lord, you know, I need, mommy, I need you've got to bless me financially because i got some financial trouble. Well, now you just told somebody. And you know you did. Well, how else is God going to do it unless I tell somebody? Tell God alone. Watch Him do it and you will be amazed. You will be just like Nathaniel. How do you know me, Jesus? And Jesus will say about you, I saw you under the fig tree. Oh, mercy. Wow. And now about prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Okay, so what does he say, do? Verse 6 When you pray, go away by yourself, all alone, and shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father secretly, and your Father, who knows you secretly, will think about it. No, it's not what it says, will reward you. Praise the Lord. Verse 7, don't recite the same prayers over and over as the heathen do. Who think, now there's nothing wrong with repetitive prayers, but watch this. The reason for the repetitive prayer here was, they're just hoping God will figure it out. No. Because, uh, notice what he says. Uh, Who think that prayers are answered only by repeating them again and again? No. Verse 8, remember your father knows exactly what you have need of before you ask him. And then he goes right into what? What? Pray along these lines, and here's the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And so all of this was included in that uh, information that he was giving us about uh, praying and receiving. If you'll just pray, it's going to happen. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter uh, 21 here. Matthew 21. Look down here at uh, verse 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you. You know, it makes us wonder about verily. We hear it a lot, you know. Well, I think He's indicating to us that what He's telling us is the honest truth. If you have faith and doubt not, you'll not only do this which was done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Look at verse 22. "...and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive." Let's put this in the Living Bible just a moment here. Make sure we didn't miss anything. 21 again, Jesus told them, "...truly if you have faith and don't doubt." Well, I mean, I don't don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, I do. Peter was walking on the water and all of a sudden he starts sinking because he doubted. Then he got back on his faith... And he's walking again. It matters. He got to looking at the wind and the waves. And I don't care how long you've been a Christian, me too. I mean I can be believing God right now, and then a few seconds later, I can just think my whole world is going to fall apart. <clears throat> Verse twenty one again. Jesus told them, Truly, if you have faith and don't doubt. I mean, he didn't say, Well, it doesn't matter. He said you gotta have faith and you have to not doubt. You can do the things like this and much more. Wow. You can even say to this Mount of Olives, move over into the ocean. And it will. Now, wouldn't that sound like something you think today is impossible? What is it in your life you're thinking is just totally impossible? Well, I can just forget this one. Is it any more impossible than moving the Mount of Olives into the ocean? (laughs) It's up to you and I. Have faith and don't doubt. Some people say, well, God has to give me the faith. No, you have to get rid of your doubt. Now, the Lord will help you, but don't roll over and say it's up to God. Mm-mm. 22, you can get anything. Okay, I get it, Lord. Anything you ask for in prayer, if you believe. Now, well, that's where I'm going to stay. I'm just going to hold to that. You really think that'll happen? Yes, it'll happen, praise the Lord. God will just take care of you. Praise the Lord. One last place, let's look. Uh, you're going to get the same story everywhere you go. Daniel in the lion's den, he prayed, got out. Jonah, he's being digested in the middle of that fish, whale, or whatever it was, you know. He prays, gets out. Uh, the book of Psalms here, chapter 18. We just all ought to know this. Psalm eighteen here. Let me start in the King James, and I'm going to switch back to the Living Bible. Oh, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Excuse me. Oh, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. Let's see where the bad things are in there. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and high tower. It's kind of selfish. Looks like he only loves God because he's these things. You can't separate him from that. I tell you what, I would have a problem today with my parents if they were cruel and mean to me. And we've heard all kinds of stories about that before. A child gets away from them. Maybe the government might get involved, thankfully. Gets people away from parents who can't take care of their kids. So why do we want to call this criminal that David is saying, I love you, Lord, you are my strength. There's nothing wrong with that. We love Him because He first loved us. He, God is good. The Bible tells us to taste and see that He's good. So this is nothing wrong with this. But look at this list. My rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. What room do we have in there to say, well, sometimes He just, he, he just lets me down. And it might be God's will. That he, that's not part of the equation. Quit reading other books and read only God's book. Now I want to switch this to the Living Bible and watch how the words kind of jump off the page at us uh, in some of the language that we would use today. Uh, Living Bible <clears throat> uh, Lord, how I love you, for you have done such tremendous things for me. We all ought to have a list, okay The Lord is my fort where I can enter and be safe. Now are we entering into a fort trusting we're going to go to heaven? No. He wasn't in heaven at this time. This was a real natural problem that was taking place. Anyway, no one can follow me in and slay me. Praise the Lord. He is a rugged mountain where I can hide. He's my savior, a rock where none can reach me, and a tower of safety. He's my shield. Remember it said the 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 horn of my salvation. He's like the horn, the strong horn of a mighty fighting bull. Praise the Lord. I'm going to get behind my bull. Glory to God. Do you see them horns? Woo. Verse 3, all I need to do is cry to Him. Boy, this is so misleading because I don't want to leave the impression that if you pray about your problems or whatever it is, gonna the Lord will do it. Uh, yes, I do. Excuse me, I am going to tell you that. If you will but call on the Lord, He will get you out of trouble. And so David describes what was going on here. He says, death bound me with chains and the floods of ungodliness ma- mounted a massive attack against me. Oh no, he had trouble, didn't he? Whoops, excuse me. I'll catch up. went a little too far. Hang on. All right. Okay, verse five. Trapped and helpless, I struggled against the ropes that drew me on to death. Verse six. Now again, this is in your Bible, so you can either use this or not use it. Well, I choose to use it. In my distress... I screamed to the Lord for his help. Boy, that's a mistake. God don't put up with us screaming, does he? I mean, you better be a little bit more religious than that. You know, you might need to, you, you need to live better. You need to, no, if you're in trouble, scream to the Lord. Oh, wow! And he heard me from heaven. My cry reached his ears. Now, I tell you what, we need to work on verse 6 in our own life. Do you not think, and you need to work on that, when you pray, no matter what it is, do you believe that he hears you? Well, you know, I don't, you got to get rid of that. And I tell you, the key to getting rid of it is to read your Bible. If you'll read your Bible, you'll begin to think, you know, I'm the weirdest one there ever was. Because I'm weird thinking God won't do it for me because I read about everybody else. He did it for them. I am weird. I'm going to start being right. I'm going to do what the Bible says do and I'm going to get Bible results like everybody else did. And you will. So he says, I screamed to the Lord for His help and He heard me from heaven. My cry reached His ears. Then the earth rocked and reeled and mountains shook and trembled. How they quaked for He was angry. Angry at you? No. No. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth, setting fire to the earth. Smoke blew from his nostrils. What's the matter with God? Well, keep reading. He bent the heavens down and came to my defense. That's what you need to know. When you're in trouble, if you will but call on him, he will come to your defense. Sick. Darkness was beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angel, he sped swiftly to my aid with the wings of wind. Oh, but you never know when God's going to come. I mean, God may leave you in the fire a while. Where did you get that from? Even Isaiah says, when you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you couldn't even smell that they had gone through that fire. They were having fun in there. They were thrown in that fiery furnace with their clothes were bound together. And as soon as they hit the bottom of that burning fiery furnace, their bands were loosed and there was somebody else in there with them. And you've got that same promise. Look what else he says here. He enshrouded himself with darkness, veiling his approach with dense, dark clouds, clouds dark as murky waters. Suddenly the brilliance of his presence broke through the clouds with lightning and a mighty storm of hail. Now, David is writing from seeing thunderstorms like you and I have seen. But a lot of times when you see these thunderstorms, we're running for cover. Well, we are. We need to get out of the way of the lightning and the bad weather. But David used this as an illustration saying, whoa, I am okay now. God is coming to rescue me. So every time, like when you think about Noah's rainbow, the earth will never be flooded again. When you see a thunderstorm coming, you should recognize, praise God, I'm going to be free from this problem. God's going to get me out. The Lord thundered in the heavens, and God above all gods has spoken, O oh, the hailstones, O oh, the fire. Verse 14 He flashed his fearful arrows of lightning and routed all my enemies. See how they run. <laughs> then at your command, O oh Lord, the sea receded from the shore. At the blast of your breath, the depths were laid bare. He reached, all of this stuff is not talking about how great God is and then he's forgotten about my trouble. No, this is all about your trouble. He reached down from heaven and took me and drew me out of my great trials. He rescued me from deep waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy. Can you not hear him? He just keeps shouting and shouting that God got me out, God got me out. And when you read the stories about David, you'll see why. Because he wrote down everything he did. On the day when I was weakest, they attacked, but the Lord held me steady. Praise the Lord. Haven't done all to stand, stand therefore. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 6. Same thing. Verse 19. He led me to a place of safety, for he delights in me. Praise the Lord. Well, he goes on and on, but this psalm is yours. You know, if you will just pray, it'll happen. It really will. We've got to cut out all the unbelief. All the things that we think that Jesus won't do it because perhaps we're not as good as we're supposed to be. I mean, for goodness sake, what, what did Jesus die on the cross for? He died for your sins. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed today. If any of us are not feeling good, you'll take care of that. And if we're lacking anything financially, you'll take care of that too. And if we've got any kind of trouble that's facing us, no matter what it is, or if we have need of anything, you'll help us just like we looked at today. So, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others about Jesus and love one another. And that's what we're going to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Hallelujah. Glory.